This shit looks fucking insane. Everybody having a good time so far? Let me hear some noise from all the ladies in the house. It's all right. There's a little bit of ladies there. Let's see if we can't get this place rocking like a motherfucker. Rape. Attempted murder. Arson. Diarrhea. <laughs> Folks. This week on Ideas That Were Good at the Time, we are talking about Limp Biscuit 99 at Woodstock 99. Either way, it all works out the same. Please welcome my co-host, Mr. Jacob Thomas Emanuel Reber. It's all about the nookie. We are definitely doing it for the nookie this week, Jake. So come on. So come on and let's do it for that nookie. So, Jake, Woodstock 99. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was something. It was something that happened. It, uh, like, bucket hats, Jinko jeans. And you want to talk about literally ideas that seemed good at the time. Like, let's yeah. try a third Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it didn't quite work in 94. I bet it would definitely work in 99. It's such a weird... It's like the the reboot, the, the sequel that comes out way too late, like these Ghostbusters movies. You yeah. know, it's like, let's just tack on a couple extra Ghostbusters nobody needs or wants. Okay, so uh, let's do Woodstock again, but uh, all female. The grittiest reboot <laughs> of Woodstock <laughs> is Woodstock 99. Yes, directed by Zack Snyder directly yeah. after his daughter died. <laughs> Woodstock 99 was a complete trash fire, Boy, quite howdy. literally. No, uh, this week we are simply talking about the Limp Biscuit portion of Woodstock 99. And just how well that went down. Uh, you, uh, you definitely get a uh, whole smorgasbord of emotions happening throughout the One Biscuit set. Quite a bit of boobs. Mostly angst. Uh, like a lot of angst. Insipid teenage angst. I would think Woodstock 99 Went Biscuit set perfectly defines how Gen X felt about the world. And that was they gave up. Time to reach deep down inside and take all that negative energy. All that negative energy. And let that shit out of your fucking system. You got girl problems. You got boy problems. You got parent problems. You got boss problems. You got job problems. You got a problem with me. You got a problem with yourself. It's time to take all that negative energy and put it the fuck out. You feel me, Woodstock? All right, let's bring it out. Yeah, I think he literally says in his lyrics that he's watched Fight Club nine times, and that's that's the, like the mission. which is odd because it only came out two days before. Yeah, I but I feel like that's Gen X to a T. Is like they'd rather just make references to. <laughs> you know like the all these lyrics are just family guy jokes they're just like referencing oh, things around them like well let's take a look at their set list real quick so i have that in front of me and they open with just like this now just like this is a fantastic song to start your set off with especially when you bring back the always crowd pleasing movement of hands going back and forth 
And uh, surprisingly enough, everyone seemed to enjoy it. Inflatable, uh, wacky waving, wacky inflatable waving, arm inflatable arm, flailing tube men. That's what he. That's what Fred Durst was able to command over two hundred and fifty thousand people to do. Nobody thought that many people would show up to see Limp Biscuit, including Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I mean, they're to, in their defense, they're very good at what they do this is a fantastic live show like oh it's one of the most fun live shows you can find on youtube yeah if you find the time check it out same with kid rock and a lot of these like butt rocky new metal guys is like i'm not i mean at some point this band I, i was in eighth grade or sixth grade when this shit came out so like it before I had taste, it's like eating McDonald's. It's like, yeah, this is good food. I want oh, yeah. that. You know, yeah, it doesn't have pickles on it. I like it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, life hadn't served me enough bullshit to to make mustard taste good. And yet, yet the song "Break Stuff" still spoke to me. <laughs> you know, in fifth grade, I was just really digging the fact that you know, because uh, right now I'm dangerous. Yeah. yeah, that really spoke to me. But besides that, in their defense, like besides Fred Durst's presence in the band, they're not bad absolutely not Wes Borland is a fantastic guitarist if you ever get the chance definitely one of the best to ever rock a lower back tattoo absolutely he makes a tram stamp <laughs> seem fucking cool and wow Good I, for I didn't catch what it was it was some kind of writing which is not I'm very creative sure considering spell, how... I'm sure it says buffet or something. How beautiful the artwork on his face can be. <laughs> well, that's why he paints his face, is to distract everyone <laughs> from his fucking tramps to him. He's truly the Monet of new metal uh, face painting. But no, going back to... <laughs> these bands really aren't nearly as bad as the flack they got in the mid-2000s up until about now. Right around now is when we're starting to see... Limp Biscuit, yeah, corn, it's classic rock at this the, point. Yeah, it's definitely classic rock. You're starting to hear them being, <laughs> in no joke, you're starting to being able to hear them on classic rock radio stations. They were uh, Limp Biscuit just performed at Law Palooza recently, and that was a fantastic show. I watched it, a bit of that one too. Yeah, it was it was much more uh, pleasing than the Woodstock '99 one. Yeah, uh, Fred definitely understood that he <laughs> is personally responsible for starting a riot uh, in 99 and addresses that at the beginning of the Lollapalooza set very directly. <laughs> yeah, this ain't Woodstock 99. Yeah, he specifically was this ain't Woodstock 99. And, and then, then references a better song of, but we're gonna party like it's 1989. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So I'm gonna go to Chuck E. Cheese. And, <laughs> yeah, good old 99 parties. Yeah. But, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, before we start breaking down like track by track of this, so this is around the same time I started guitar, maybe like the next year and bass shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So like, it's weird because somewhere in the back of my Rolodex, I know a lot of these riffs and I know sort of like how to do like the chords at least. But man, watching Wes Borland, people really sleep on he he does some stuff I have no idea how to do, and I've been playing guitar for twenty something years. He is one hundred percent a jazz guitarist. Yeah, he, like when you think of Limp Biscuit, you are not in your head thinking jazz guitar. Yeah, he's he seriously is playing like weird ambient Brian Eno shit yes. as riffs for these, just with like crunchy yes. distortion, and it is magnificent. Uh, the drummer is you know I can't remember his name right now, but he's fantastic he's yeah. sitting there working his ass off bass players very melodic those are very slept on bass lines absolutely like if 
if you really want to sit down and understand why Limp Biscuit was popular at the time, if, if this was because, a group... Because Westmoreland looks like an X-Men comic. Yes, character. that also didn't help. <laughs> or that did help quite a bit. But that's the thing. It, to, to go back and watch bands like Limp Biscuit or Korn, I mean, hell, even Stained or Disturbed, like bands that I do that I have not gone back and enjoyed. I do not like Stained. I do not like Disturbed. Are you saying it's been a while? It's been a while. <laughs> I, I let their bodies hit the floor and I have not looked back. Yeah. But he, anyway, go back and watch videos of them at the height of their popularity and you will get sucked up into the energy of their performances. It is, I mean, shit, 250,000 people were sitting at Woodstock 99 watching with Biscuit having the absolute time of their lives and I'd almost say too much fun yeah uh that I think was proven <laughs> when everybody's like please stop having that much fun yes yes when uh when the, don't make this a purge movie before purge movies exist. now I understand that a new documentary about Woodstock 99 is out I have not watched that yet to prevent me from just repeating random lines from that documentary on this show but I will say it is interesting that the head of Woodstock 99 had come out and asked Fred Durst to calm the crowd down uh, because they were riling them up so much. And instead of doing that, he went into break stuff. Yeah. And we'll talk a bit more about more of that later, uh, later in the show as we go down their set list. But do you want to go ahead and start going through their set list and, you know, talking each song, each song or... Sure. All right. Well, Just Like This is not a very good song. Uh, it's more of just, you know, getting the crowd going and whatnot. You can see that easily. Wes Borland is pretty much just playing the same riff uh, constantly for about 15 minutes, it seems. But that he's in his element. That's what oh, he wants to be doing. He, yes. No, that's clearly what he wants. <laughs> he said that he, he put on face paint because he's very ashamed of the band he's in. <laughs> like, that's what, in the Lollapalooza one, uh, Durst in the first... Five minutes of that. Thanks, Wes Borland, for being there like three times and introducing Just him. to make sure everyone knows that is Wes Borland Just there. like, please, everybody tell him. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's appreciated. We could have put anybody in this makeup, but I actually got Wes to do this shit he hates. Right. Well, honestly, the Woodstock 99 set that Wim Biscuit did only had their uh, songs off two of their albums at the time. That was Significant Other and $3 Bill Y'all. They also did two covers. Is that before like Chocolate Starfish? Oh, this was much out? before. Chocolate Starfish was two thousand three. Wow, yeah, yeah. So this hot dog. This really water. helped blow them up then. Oh, this. Well, yes, the uh, charges against <laughs> Fred Durst definitely helped their popularity a bit. Uh, his constant apologies for what he did. And if you've ever seen, it's like. They're set at Woodstock 99. He should absolutely have been arrested for inciting yeah. a riot. He spends a solid hour inciting a riot. I mean, to be fair, he's faced more consequences than Donald Trump. Yes, which, god damn, <laughs> that is. I never thought of it that way. And fuck, you're right. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's also somehow more talented than Donald Trump. He is far more talented than <laughs> Donald Trump. He's uh, he's directing Allstate commercials now, so he's employed. Yeah, he did a football movie with Ice Cube too. He also did the uh, the Fanatic with John Travolta. That I couldn't bring myself to watch. That. Don't absolutely yeah. do not watch that movie unless you want to see John Travolta running around a house, going mooses in the house for more than five minutes. It feels like it's 
Travolta's like remember when Gibson's comeback big comeback movie was The Beaver by Jody oh, Foster? Oh yeah, this feels like his The Beaver. He was well, I mean, after he murdered his son, he was trying to do anything. Yeah, it seems like as a guy who had and that's right, folks. I'm son. saying it here. John Travolta murdered his son. I stand by that, and I don't give a fuck. He'll put it on wax. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to Riot Insider Limp Biscuit. Let's see. Well, we're watching clips of their show now, folks. And if you uh, did want to watch along with the show while you're listening to it, you could start it really at any time. Uh, pretty much the entire set is just a constant stream of, <laughs> of jinkos, of jinkos <laughs> and shit water and backwards New York Yankees hats. This is really a precursor. Like, there was a riot because water was like eight dollars a bottle there. But you yes. go to any music festival now, you go to Bonner, and that's what people—it's it's how it is. Well, not so much now. When I I was at Wallapalooza in I believe 2014, and that was free water was everywhere. They very much made it easy to get, encouraged you to buy, bring Camelbacks. I think sold Camelbacks at the at the gates. They they made sure that they didn't want to fucking riot. I did Bonnaroo sometime around then, but all the water is like stinky. Yeah, I would not go to Bonnaroo just in general. I was paid to be there, Ooh. and it was still a tall order. Mm, yeah, as tall as the it's the only place I've ever seen the altitude of feces exceed a, a toilet seat. <laughs> it was literally people were just adding to a mountain of shit there. Which is, and you know everything about shit, don't you, Jake? Lately, <laughs> <Yes>, lately, <laughs> weekly. The diarrhea monthly. was a reference. Ah, oh, yes, the diarrhea is real, folks. Anyway, well, what we've got here—that's <laughs> the chocolate is uh, hot dog flavored water. <laughs> oh my god, it, it is the precursor to the hot starfish. dog flavored water. <laughs> your chocolate starfish. <laughs> but anyway, let's get down to another song of theirs called Nine. Teen, T-E-E-N, 90, and then the word nine. I believe that's the song that we're watching them play right now is a man surfs on plywood that will soon be used to start the fires yeah. that raged all throughout this glorious town of Rome, New York. They had, like, Chili Peppers play after this later, and they, by their own free will, asked people to stop. Yes. You know what I mean? And then their final song was a Jimi Hendrix cover called Fire. Yeah, they're not without blame no. here, I'm and saying. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers should all be in jail, just <laughs> because they're one of the worst bands ever. I wouldn't agree with that. Mm. But Well, you're wrong. You know, well, I'm sorry you have that opinion. The thing about the Peppers is that they suffer from... They never, until recently, figured out how to go away. And yeah. Like, like, Green Day is a band that people ridicule, and then they go away for a while, and then they come back and people are like, fuck yeah, Green Day's back, you know? And I think Chili Peppers suffered from... They just never went away, and they kept pushing, and people just really turned off. Have the Chili Peppers put out a new album recently? No, so they've taken a break recently, but I think they just... Are they even on tour? No. Well, oh, wow. I don't know. I think that maybe they are again because Frischanti's back again. So uh -huh. maybe, but is anybody on tour? It's fucking right. 2K. Yeah, the whole world has the clap again. Yeah. This new and improved clap. Anyway. Yeah, I, no. And, well, just speaking of any band from that era, from that, that mid-90s to probably 2002 era, 
of music that was just such that really does hold a special place we in my call heart. that the attitude era in yeah. wrestling. <laughs> oh the God. attitude era of music Ugh. the nwo of <laughs> music i mean it is it's, they're all just like crotch chops and suck it and boobies and like snot <laughs> yeah well it's 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 almost like this post beavis and butthead world Red that this music yeah, that this 90s. music kind of came into like it's not hair metal anymore it's it's not even pantera as much anymore pantera was still very much popular at the time but not nearly as much as they were in say let's say 94 95 yeah the gen xers have started getting a little bit older these are the young th- this is basically the youngest version of millennials what it woodstock 99 right now and the older Gen Xers were probably there, but in the back, not really causing too much trouble, or the ones that were causing the trouble were on their way out, you know, spiritually and physically anyway. <laughs> and it was just a very odd time in music, and it's, it's a time in music that I hold very dear, because I was a gigantic fan of Limp Bizkit, a huge fan of Korn. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. You know, anyone that was, hey, boobies, there we go, oh, and they're getting grabbed. Yeah. Ugh, see, that's the depressing part, folks, is you're going to be watching these videos and be like, oh, tits, and then you just have to openly watch women get assaulted. Not a fun time. Yeah, I mean, no, you just look at the the people who performed at Woodstock 99, you can see how fucking weird it is. It's like Sugar Ray does half of their old hard stuff, and then the other half is like, they're brand new, shu- like literally sugar coated shit. Sweet pop. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Durst makes fun of Alanis Morissette before this. The Offspring were there, and they and they brutalized some mannequins with the Backstreet Boys on them. And yeah. again, this is like insipid, banal, fucking right. '90s humor of just references and violence. Hey, man. Hey, let me ask you a personal question. How many people here really like NSYNC? Perfect. Perfect. How many people here ever woke up one morning and just decided it wasn't one of those days and you're gonna break some shit? And it, and it's kind of funny because I'm also a big Guar fan, and I've seen Guar quite a few times. And if anyone out there listening has seen Guar, you understand that their stage show is quite the spectacle. I believe the first time I saw them, they ripped Hillary Clinton's tits off, they decapitated Barack Obama, they disemboweled John McCain, and at no time during any of that was I thinking, "Oh, this is too much." I was having the time of my life. But when I see the offspring <laughs> beat up mannequins with the Backstreet Boys faces on them, so it just seems very odd. They, they should dress like Rob Liefeld creatures. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like watching Frank Zappa just not trying at all. Yeah. It's, it's a very odd dynamic of this uh, kind of the mentality of the 90s, which was 
something I've never quite understood. And I don't think anyone ever has. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> That's, that is... Yep, no. You're, All you, the subtlety of a Fred Durst <laughs> lyric. Well, that was Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's such a good line for the 90s and encompasses all of it. Rage Against the Machine is just like the sl- the slightly thinking man's. <laughs> 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 oh, God, yeah. Well, they're just so political. Oh, but all right. So the, right around the machine was just amplifiers, right? They're yes. acoustic. <laughs> fuck you, Dad! <laughs> Rage Against the Machine is literally just saying "fuck you, Dad" in uh, subtext. Yeah, but so, yeah, so is Lip Biscuit. Yeah, so is Lip Biscuit. So is corn. Literally, corn is definitely saying "fuck you, Dad." That's all they're saying. Uh, read up on Jonathan Davis's past, and you'll totally understand what is I Eminem mean. Is Eminem here at Woodstock '99? I don't. Was Eminem? I think Eminem. No, was. DMX was there. For DMX sure, was at Woodstock '99, but, but no Eminem. No Eminem. No. Eminem was at the Bonnaroo I was at, though. Yes, he was at the <laughs> Lollapalooza I was at. He, uh, I guess, this was before he felt comfortable doing a, a festival. I don't know. Uh, well, who cares? But right now. As we're watching this tape, uh, Limp Bizkit is now going into break stuff, arguably. The yeah, this is the, probably the high point of this. It's starting to get dark. Uh, he's literally telling people to break stuff. He's mocking the, the officials, asking him to, to help calm the riots down. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, hey. Hey, they want to ask us to ask you to mellow out a little bit. They say too many people are getting hurt. Don't let nobody get hurt. But I don't think you should mellow out. Mellowing out? That's what Alanis Morissette just had you motherfuckers do. Birkenstock Rock, y'all. This is 1999, motherfucker. Take your Birkenstocks and stick them up your fucking ass. Right now, I want to do something to see if I can't get this whole motherfucking place from front to back to get the fuck up. It's here's the difference between you want to talk about dumb shit from the late nineties, early two thousands. One time in Argentina, Jack Black and Tenacious D got people headbanging so hard they almost shifted a tectonic plate. Or was it Brazil? It was in South America. That would have to be Brazil. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, you have to get these people to stop headbanging." They're like moving the (laughs) earth because it was a huge festival, and they're like, "That sounds like a put on," but like, yeah, that's what we were told to do is ask people to calm down, and they did it good for them Fred Durst is like no break stuff well well the funny thing about this set this version of break stuff is Fred Durst is speaking to the crowd and at some point he goes hey guys you know 
I want everybody to get up and let's get rid of these negative vibes. You know, wherever you are, this is where you are, man. And no matter what happens, you're always going to be this guy. We already let all the negative energy out. It's time to reach down and bring that positive energy to this motherfucker. It's time to let yourself go right now. Because there are no motherfucking rules out there. No matter what's going on in your life that's bad, when that shit goes away, you're always gonna be the same. There ain't nothing gonna change, y'all. You gotta remember that. It's time to let it all out. You fucking feel me or not? We'll see if you feel me. And he goes from telling everybody to get rid of negative vibes to, in a way, say, you can do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. And then goes straight into break stuff. He's a very confused young man. And again, I call upon the authorities to arrest <laughs> Fred Durst for inciting a riot. The Yet another two white guys make a podcast. <laughs> Begging the police for help. This will change the world. <laughs> now shit can happen. Since now that we've finally gotten our opinions into the airwaves, <laughs> shit can change. <laughs> That's right, folks. We're just two dumb fucking losers. With diarrhea. With Hey, only one of us has diarrhea. <laughs> and it ain't me, babe. It's, um... I, I, man, I'm at a loss for... There's... You know, when we started this podcast, I was like, you know, what plenty to 14 say. Minutes ago. There's not <laughs> a whole lot to really address with just the Limp Biscuit set, other than it is what it was, and what it was shouldn't have happened. But you could say that about all of Limp Biscuit. Well, I can say that about Woodstock '99 <laughs> in general. I do love how they they insisted like the he's got a you know beautiful fucking like warwick bass or something right or sound gear maybe yeah and then the drums like i don't know the snares like cranked higher than my preference trashy cymbals but like oh he's rocking a bunch of jc 120s because mm -hmm. he's just like i need that jazz chorus baby well i'm like, a jazz guitar player and i really do wonder who the technical roadies or whatever went biscuit had were that like where was West was West the guy going around just setting everything up while Fred's in the back being like I've no fucking idea what any of this shit is, and West is just like don't fucking talk to me man let me just do all of this for you just paints his face for hours yes just sits I could easily see West alone in a quiet room painting his face yeah. having to repaint it constantly because he can't stop crying for what he's about to go out and do forgive me father I just wanted to play jazz guitar <laughs> or does he sound like uh ace freely i've tried i don't know I've, I've looked up his instructional video and he just kind of sounds normal but i can't find like anything that constitutes like him really being jazz mm -hmm. but then again you know like are any of us really jazz well i think to be jazz is to be anti-jazz at the same time of course <laughs> that's yeah. the most pretentious thing two white people have here's the part you're talking about earlier where where the, he's trying yeah. to get onto the the 
It and takes him just, just forever. Yeah, it takes yeah, it takes him way too long but to man, get on the board. But I would be gassed too after jumping around that stage for an hour. Actually, yeah, let's let's talk about that right now in terms of being a performer on at that level where you are just going 10 out of 10 giving it everything. 10 jinkos out of 10 10 jinkos. 10 inches of water from a puddle (laughs) on your jinkos out of 10. The 10 grams of drugs you're hiding in the cargo shorts of your jinkos. 10 iron on white tigers (laughs) on your jinkos out of 10. But like you, you watch this video and he is going as hard as he can for a good hour. And not just him, the bassist, the drummer, Wes is... It that was is, straight up Mini-Me. That was Vern yeah, Troyer mini right me, Yeah, Vern Troyer is there. Vern Troyer's <laughs> going hard. Like, to, to perform at that level with that much energy is incredibly difficult. Yeah, that's a feat of strength. Yeah. Um, anyone that can do that should be kind of looked up to at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I... I would be sore after doing that and just to, to keep time doing your job, like keeping time playing music. That's it's, that's not a bad band. They're just fronted by a guy who writes really dumb words. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Isn't all that talented at rapping or singing. Yeah. It'd be like if, if like big bird from Sesame street went out <laughs> every week and was just doing his job so well, but he also didn't know his ABCs. <laughs> it's like, you got to give it to him, man. He shows up. Yeah. He does everything we need him to do, but he's like, he keeps forgetting fucking W and like, we really need you to get that one right. Big bird. You're not helping the generation of kids you're bringing up, but he's got the right charisma for the time. Like we keep saying he oh, is yeah. good at stirring shit. He is, you know, he, he's, just whipping the cra- I mean he's very charismatic it's like watching Jeff Hardy or something Absol- oh it's quite literally like watching a professional wrestling match <laughs> like Woodstock 99 was a wrestling match without the wrestling yeah this was the hottest era of pro wrestling too so yeah. it's there's no wonder that they're WWE's favorite band oh god yeah absolutely he's, well like, they should he's be. a fucking de- like secret character in some of those games oh my well uh, <laughs> he was a character in the Fight Club video game uh, that came out for the original <laughs> Xbox. You can fight as Fred Durst. Also, if I haven't thought about that game in years. I can't believe that. That's a weird one head. to get made. It's not a very. That was good from. Game. They were making a bunch of weird games at the time, like a Scarface game and well, a Godfather the, game. They had the backyard wrestling games oh, that included yeah. ICP, which were actually very fun games. Like those, those are pretty fun to go back and play. Since we, I mean. This is the first episode of a podcast, but, uh, and we can also do whatever we want. We could probably review those games. Right oh, now. we should absolutely uh, review those games at a later date. Like, whenever we do an ICP show and oh, we get John yeah. Smothers on here as a guest, we'll do the video games as well. Just be playing the video games in the background. Yes. And I'll just bitch about how they're not as good as No Mercy. <laughs> well, no game is better unless you can have a four-way Crispin Wall Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a that is a, a very true statement. Yes. Anyway, uh, now let's talk about how Limp Biscuit ended their Woodstock '99 set, and that was with a cover of "Faith" by George Michael. Never would have guessed that one. Never should have happened. Barely recognize it. Yes, it <laughs> it comes across as as if somebody was being ironic. 
while singing Faith at karaoke, but they also just got broken up with. So they're just <laughs> screaming as loud as they can. While try, like, well, it's my fucking turn to sing anyway, so I'm just going to fucking do it. Fuck you, Dad. And yeah. then Sally, shut up. And then just yeah, the most Gen X thing of like, it's not, it's a couple years later till everything got super ironic all the time. They're mm. just angry and like, it's borderline homophobic. It's just like, yeah. oh, we're going to fuck up this gay song. Yeah, no, it, it, Pretty much everything Limp Biscuit did came off as homophobic, yeah. no matter what. Uh, I don't really have any proof of that or really a perfect example of it anyway. Just, I mean, look at them. Like, backwards orange New York Yankees hat makes you look like you call people fags on a daily basis. That goatee, man. Oh, God. Any type of goatee makes me think you <laughs> tied a kid to a fence in Wyoming sometimes. That. This was like the chin strap beard era too. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that was that was a Fred Durst classic move. Of and the, he like just like how Eminem influenced that bleach blonde hair with the white T-shirts and the gold necklaces. Fred Durst really set the tone for figuring out who the douchebag at school. Yeah, was. like the the Midwest and South like still hasn't re- really recovered from that chin strap. Good beard. Like, lord, no, they have not. Like men with too many chins for a chin strap beard are still trying to outline it. It's in like. The same women who, like, killed their eyebrows going yep. that thin in the early 2000s. It's, and now they're just drawing them on. Yeah. Which, um, hey, ladies out there, I know none of you are going to be listening to this, and that's fine. But don't do that with your uh, eyebrows. Oh, I've got no opinion on that. Well, don't do it. I have an opinion <laughs> on it, and it looks fucking weird. It's sort of like how every, the the uh, 80s, like, mullet, the, the like, bobbed, curly mm. mullet was around for so long. My dad had that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and he rocked it. But now it's cool again. You should tell oh, him it's to definitely cool again. And what? Well, that's what uh, kind of makes me think: when is the Wimp Biscuit Fred Durst look going to be cool again? I, I, I guess not, since Durst isn't rocking it. He decided to go handlebar and and, and uh, wig, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like wiggiest <laughs> wig. Um, and I mean, I gotta say, if you uh, if you get a chance, look up. Fred Durst look at the recent Lollapalooza concert. It's not a bad look. It's really not. It's just like, why wouldn't you go back to the hat? Because it's like a costume. Like Wes Borland wore his costume. It was it was tweaked quite a bit though. <laughs> like, compared compared to how he looked at the Woodstock '99 and compare that to Lollapalooza 2021. No, that's I, what I'm saying. Is like, why isn't Fred Durst wearing his hat? That's his costume. That's like. It's well, like if The Undertaker came out and wasn't dressed like a zombie. Or Sting came out with no... Yeah. yeah. It's well, his gimmick. Well, that's the strange thing is if you go on Fred Durst's Instagram, he's deleted every single picture up until the point when he changed his look. There's only, I believe, the last time I checked yesterday, six photos on his Insta. And it's all of him with this new look. He has completely abandoned the other look. You think he would George Lucas the Woodstock 99 footage like it was the Star Wars holiday oh, special? Oh, my God. Can we get that dumb little creature? Now, now that he's going to be called to justice because of this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, we should do that. Yes. Well, what other fashion faux pas could you say are going to be making a comeback from the late 90s and probably, I would say, well, 10 years from now? Those choker necklaces never really left. Those the, kind bu- of st- the buka shell necklaces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those really stuck around. I can see maybe those jelly bracelets that everybody would have, like, 40 of on. Or when, like, white women 
would go on a cruise or what go to the Caribbean. Oh, get cornrows. Yeah, and get their cornrows. Well, now they just fight in UFC for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those never did go away. Those girls yeah. just grew up to beat each a other. A lot of oh. this stuff like never really went away, and that's probably I true for right. any era. Yeah. But it, it, well, I don't know. There was such like a a reversal against like 80s mustache from this era mm, it yeah. was like a mustache you couldn't wear a mustache without people saying you looked like a pedophile uh, yeah no this was definitely the beginning of that the pedo stash yeah everybody had to all dads had to download the chin with it yeah. to get like the van dyke <laughs> yeah i mean that well that's how the goatee i think really came about is you just ha- you couldn't have a full beard. You couldn't do a mustache. Yeah, and you, you couldn't, couldn't have just a have a mustache. Beard. But there were dudes that just needed facial hair, <laughs> or else they looked like little babies, like yeah. Fred Durst. Ugh. So we just need one landing strip right here, <laughs> and then it was co-opted by Blues Dad. That little little bitty triangle under the bottom lip. That's just, just a manicured, really lets Brazilian you know. Brazilian vagina fashion on my. I chin. swear, it, that little triangle under the bottom lip is just a good way to say I don't take no for an answer. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's. Uh... And uh, fight me on that because. I'm I'm telling the truth. It's all about the he said she said bullshit. Yeah, and luckily nobody listens to women. I got a fat lip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't miss. I I'm not. I think this stuff is coming back, and they are. Jinkos are definitely coming back. Yeah, I have, that's wild. I can't stand it, man. I like I I hated that whole era of shorts to this day because they were just knocking around your knees and stuff. Yeah. Well, They're, I never wore the Jinko shorts. I I had regular Jinko pant jeans. That were very much that too you would big. just walk on the heels of. Yeah, no, it was, com- the it was. It They were so expensive. It was <laughs> completely stupid. For- it was the same time I was trying to learn how to skateboard. So you know how you really learn how to skateboard I is was, cover your feet yeah. with denim. <laughs> Like, I was always way too large and heavy to skateboard. Yeah. There was never a chance. Oh, I'm, I'm absolute dog shit at skateboarding. I could never, <laughs> never ollie, ever. I can ride on a board. I looks very stupid, but I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, challenge me, motherfucker. Oh, everybody had a mountain bike. It's like yep. there wasn't a bike available except for a mountain bike. Yeah. Which is not the most useful type of bike And whatsoever. everyone got pegs yeah. on the bike. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I had to have your pegs. Yeah. It's like, so I can cart around my non-existent friends <laughs> to go get some Sobe. Yeah. What else do you do? The World Trade Center just fell. <laughs> <laughs> Party like it's 99. I do miss those Sobeys. Mm-hmm. They need to. They just went out of business. That's too bad. Yeah. They, if they had just figured out to put alcohol in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking like, oh, morons? Like, like, let's sell un unalcoholed daiquiris. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, folks, thank you so oh, much. Oh, let's rate it. How many? Ooh, out of how, how many jinkos? How many I jinkos? mean, hey, I'm sticking with. I'd say eight inches of puddle water, <laughs> and your jinkos out of ten for yeah. this Lint Biscuit Woodstock '99 set. It is outrageously fun it is something you can turn on at any time of day just have it playing on the background if you really want a good insight into what 1999 was like everybody thought the world was about to fucking end it doubles as a true crime podcast and it really does (laughs) like you might be able to solve a couple fucking like cold cases by watching the crowd and seeing who's assaulting yeah. who it's got it everything you need uh, folks like yeah serious warning you're gonna see some shit you do not want to see 
but that's the 90s. Everything yeah. that in the 90s was shit you it's really didn't want to see. It's a Lynch film of a, of a concert. <laughs> it's basically Dune, but better. Yeah, I, I give it probably seven sandworms out of <laughs> ten Jinkos then. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for coming and checking out the very first episode of Good Ideas at the Time. This has been a small segment of Good Ideas at the Time called Woodstock Wednesdays. <laughs> Woodstock Wednesdays. Woodstock, Woodstock Wednesdays. <laughs> I have been your host, Stephen Holthauser, along with my co-host, Mr. Jacob Thomas Emanuel Reber. That's right, folks. And remember, buy your jinkos dry, because they're going to get wet. <laughs> I want to hear everybody in the house repeat after me. Say fuck, Limp Bizkit! <laughs>